Hello, everyone, and welcome to season three of In Event Talks, a podcast powered by Eventland. This season, we are talking about digital human interaction, the future of work, diversity, and relationships. We're also going to have one of the most futuristic and technologically advanced leaders speaking candidly about their experiences with event tech. Grab a drink, press play, and join the conversation. Hello, everyone. Welcome again to one more episode of In Event Talks. I'm Vinny, your guest today. And it's a beautiful day outside, very cold. It's getting cold, real cold here now in November. But we are so happy to have this new incredible guest with me and to talk to you. Uh, Sam Pop, she's a professional event and lifestyle portrait uh, photographer based here in New York City. I know she was born and raised in New Jersey, so she knows pretty much the area and brings up a lot of a different, diverse background uh, of marketing, sales, and event production to her current career. So it's very important, you know, to understand what's the impact of uh, art and photography for business. And she's also the creator of Networking Sucks, right? Uh, a series of meetup groups for entrepreneurs and creatives with a combined online community of more than 5,000 members. Wow, that's amazing. She's designed and hosted events for thousands of attendees across here in this region and do for networking, digital marketing, personal branding, graph design, pitching, the media, and much more. Uh, it's your time to say hello, Sam. Hello, what a fantastic introduction. Thanks for having me. It's always good, right, to hear everything that you have done <laughs> for someone else talking. Absolutely, yeah. Anything in particular that you are most proud of what you accomplished in your career? I mean, honestly, this might sound a little bit silly, but just that I'm sitting here today being able to say that I am a professional photographer. Uh, actually, on my way here, I passed Chelsea Piers, where I used to work. Uh, I used to do event sales uh, for a company that was out of Chelsea Piers, uh, and not even that long ago, three, four years ago. And it was a, a tough job. Uh, the closest train station is about a mile away, so I was you know, taking the train an hour from my apartment every single day, trekking out to the west side of Manhattan a mile in all kinds of weather. Like I remember walking out in the middle of winter with the wind whipping my face and just like going out to this job that was a really tough kind of tedious job. So on my way here, I passed my old office <laughs> and I was like, wow, the the glow up is kind of real. I'm not doing that anymore. I'm doing something really, really different. Um, I think all of the steps in my career have very strategically led me to be here. But I think just to be able to sit here and say, I'm living in New York City, I'm shooting photography professionally full time now. I could have never imagined that for myself. And I'm really proud to be able to say that. That's amazing. When, when was it this last job in Chelsea? I was working there, let's see, from 2018. Yeah, I started there October 2018. Um, so just almost four years ago. Yeah. Um, and I worked there for about a year uh, until I transferred to the corporate office, which was in Times Square. So I worked for that company for about almost four years, but out in Chelsea Piers for about a year. It was a it was a long, hard year, but here we are. Yeah, yeah and that's incredible how much you can change and go to another level of your career in such a small time is not like a long time. Absolutely. Yeah. And it doesn't feel like a small amount of time. You know, yeah. when I, I look back on that time and just remember where I was when I, I started that job or who I was when I even applied for it, 
feels like a totally different person. But then you look back on it and you're like, wow, four years is actually really not that much time. But that sentiment inspires me because I think if I've been able to achieve and build that much in four years, where will I be in the next four or five years? Like a lot of change and impact can happen in a really small amount of time. Yeah. I love a a, a quote that says people care so much about what we can accomplish in one year, but we don't think about like what we can do in 10 years. Uh, you can rewrite this for like uh, not 10 years, maybe four years. So yeah, four or five years for sure. Yeah, that's amazing. And uh, why do you think it's so important photography for for events? Why? What's the importance of this? Sure. So I think it's super important to document and to memorialize events, whether that's a grand opening of a new business or a wedding or even just a small birthday party. I think a a really big learning moment for me was really just a few months after I had bought my first camera. The first camera I bought was actually also in 2018. $400 Nikon, super, super entry-level camera. Had no idea how to use it. I was just using it on auto setting and just carrying it wherever I went to just kind of see, you know, what opportunity might present itself for me to take pictures of. So it was in summer of 2018. My great aunt, they were hosting, my whole family came together to host a 90th birthday party for my great aunt. and this was, there's maybe a hundred people at this party, a whole side of my family that I'd really never even met before because it's my, my great aunt's children and all those cousins. And I brought my camera to this. Just, I was like, oh, this, this seems like a cool, fun thing to take pictures of. When I got there, I realized that my great aunt, who I had not seen in a, a really, really long time, was really not doing very well. And I think it was kind of apparent that she was most likely not going to be with us for much longer. And my grandmother, who lives in New Mexico, was here for this party. This had probably been the first time that she had seen her sister in a very long time, and perhaps the last time that she was going to see her sister. So it was at that party that it kind of clicked in my head. I was like, wow, I need to start taking pictures to document who's here and what's going on. So I took it upon myself to kind of start organizing portraits and get my great aunt's five children to come out to the back and to arrange them for a portrait. Mind you, I had absolutely no experience shooting events. I barely knew how to use my camera at the time. I think I just understood the gravity of the moment. And I remember one of her her sons kind of made a little passive aggressive comment to me and was like, oh, what are you, a, a photographer? And I was like, well, I didn't really know how to answer that. I was like, oh, well, yeah, I, I got the camera. I didn't really feel comfortable calling myself a photographer in the moment. Um, but I was like, you know, yeah, I, I am. And this, and I didn't say this to him, but in my head, I'm thinking, this may be the last photo that you get with your mother, you know? So I pose them. But now you can, you can say in front of the camera. Right. Yeah. I'm like, I am a photographer now. Maybe, maybe not four years ago. I didn't feel comfortable, but definitely feel comfortable (gasps) saying that now. Um, but yeah, we shot a whole bunch of photos, made sure I got photos of her with my grandmother, her sister. And I will tell you within two months, my great aunt passed away. Wow. So we had this whole gallery of photos of her celebrating with all of her grandchildren, all of her children, all of her family just because I decided to bring my $400 camera in. So I think that that's the importance of it is documenting and memorializing these moments. You know, there's obviously a whole spectrum from personal events and what those mean up through corporate and business and 
you know, being able to document moments at a corporate event, to be able to show to investors, to be able to show to, to customers. There's a whole spectrum of it, but being able to capture those moments, to be able to share them later is super important for a lot of different reasons. That's amazing. So have you printed those photos? I have not. To be honest with you, they are not the best photos in the whole world. I look back on them now and it's a little cringy, but I'm sure that... <clears throat> I'm sure that her children printed them. I remember one of her daughters being super, super gracious and very happy to have those photos. So I'm sure prints exist of them somewhere, but just not, not in my That's home. That's amazing. <laughs> That's good. So you mentioned, so it's not just for likes that we post on social media, right? You needed to have a strategy behind why do you want to uh, capture those moments? Uh, and of course, talking about personal life, it's about the, the few moments maybe that you're gonna have together as a family yeah? like everyone together uh, especially when you think people that is getting old not gonna have like more five years with the person maybe you're gonna have four five more times like if you see them once in a year right right all right so and uh you also love partner with local business um to create a lifestyle for trades align with marketing needs how is this briefing for you like how do you get the briefing when you go to a to a project, to a new project, and what is the main difference between working with local and small business to work with like a big companies? Sure, that's a great question. So something that I'm exploring now and, and building out more as a focus service is doing branded lifestyle portraits in addition to my event photography. So what this means is like, for example, a recent shoot that I had, uh, this fantastic woman named Joan in New Jersey who owns Mindful Rebel Studio. She owns her own 1100 square foot private uh, training studio. So she's a very experienced physical trainer uh, and she has her own huge gym where she sees clients. So she wanted photos of herself, not just posed portraits, headshots, like smiling in her gym, but showing her working out, showing her cleaning up around the gym, showing her doing the different work tasks that it involves to run this facility, as well as bring a couple clients in and, and do like a little stage training session. And I photographed that as well, uh, because this winds up being content that she can use across her website, across her social media, to really show people what the experience is like of coming in and working out in this kind of facility. So to your question of how I get briefed for that, there is always a strategy call beforehand. Every single person is different in what they need and what they want. Uh, you know, for example, from that call, I understood that she needed a whole bunch of website content, which is different than just social media content. So that was my mindset going into it. It's like, hey, we're gonna shoot some photos of you picking up the barbells, but also just some shots of the barbells, right? Because that shot of the barbells could be a great background header on your website, right? Mm -hmm. um, so there's always a strategy call where I'm learning more about your business. You know, what, what do you do? Why do you do it? Why do you love it? What are the kind of clients that you work with? What does work look like for you? Because that can look like something different for a lot of different people, right? Um, so that from that strategy call, I can develop a shot list so that we're going into the shoot together and we know exactly what kind of content we wanna create and the kind of photos we wanna take when we're there. Um, so really just getting to know each person that I'm taking photos of and, and taking the time to do it, which I've 
heard that not all photographers do. A lot of people just show up and try to take photos, but there's absolutely going to be a difference when you come into a shoot with a little bit more of an informed eye as to how the person wants to be portrayed. You know, for example, I asked her that question, you know, how do you, how do you want to be portrayed to the people that come across your website, right? Uh, she said, I want to be portrayed as approachable, get professional, right? Like going for physical training, you know, going to work out with somebody can be really intimidating, you know, especially if you have an injury or you're overweight or you have a lot of people have insecurities around working out, right? It's like, I want people to come on my page and I don't want to look like some like intimidating, crazy personal trainer. I want people to know that they can come to me and share those insecurities and we're going to work through them together. And they see that I'm, I'm professional, I'm legit, you know? Yeah. So that, those were the two words I had in my mind for the whole three hours we were together. Like every pose, every shot of her, every facial expression I tried to direct out of her was to make her look approachable and professional. So trying to get to know people and, and understand why they do what they do and how I can create content and photos that serve them is I, I think one of the, the biggest things I try to do in my business. That's amazing. It's all about like uh, understand what is the story behind they want to talk to their audience, right? It's all about like, what's my audience? Who are the people that I want to talk with? And, and what's the main difference when you're shooting, like uh, you said, social media to website is because social media needed to be more uh, instant photos. It's like a, you don't, but also you needed to have a storytelling behind, right? How, how sure. I think the, the difference in my perspective when I'm shooting something for web versus social media, the website stuff is more of like the, the decorative kind of content. Like for example, it's just going to be the barbells on the header image on the about page, you know? Um, so I'm shooting more of the background, the details. I'm a big fan of going into a space and finding the branding or finding the little, the little things in the space that make it different. So shooting those details and with the intention that there'll be more of background images as opposed to something that's telling the story. So the content for social media, the photos we're going to take for social media are more of those storytelling images, the actual portrait and, and pictures of the person. Nice. That's amazing. And uh, most photographers are made in a brief moment, right? The, when you take a photo, it's that single moment. And a split second where a particular event becomes unique, frozen within the continuum of time. A moment that would otherwise have been visible to us, so you can really take that moment. Uh, so what are you most patient about uh, in your profession? What are the details? I think you are sharing some of those passions in uh, find uh, the small details about the person or about the business. And at what point did you decide to focus on photography? You said like you bought that camera, but what made you buy that camera? Sure. So let me start with that. I'll tell you how I, I wound up in this chair here saying I am a photographer. Um, so yeah, I, I bought a camera in 2018. I was doing some freelance work, uh, social media uh, for a bar in the village called Madame X. And I decided, you know what? I want to get a camera now. I think this is, I, I, they're hiring me to run their social media and make sure they look good online. And I have now I have a little extra income from this gig. So let me go ahead and invest in my little $400 Nikon camera. Uh, it was from there that I just started bringing that camera to the bar whenever I was there, trying to take pictures of what was going on. But I will tell you for probably the first year that I had that camera, really didn't know how to use it. 
Um, I took a really short, quick, easy class on just how to use a couple settings on my camera. It wasn't like a full comprehensive how to use your camera class. It was like, here's how to use two of the main settings. And that I kind of worked with that for a long time. But it was at the end of 2019 where, and I honestly can't really say what made me feel this way, but it was at the end of 2019 that I said, you know what? I really like this. I, I think I was coming into an exemptus that I, re I really liked using my camera and I was starting to get frustrated by how I didn't know how to use it yet. So end of 2019, I wound up taking an editing class to learn more about editing. Beginning of 2020, I started more intentionally showing up to Madam X to photograph events that were going on there and actually started to pitch myself to other people outside of Madame X that were doing events and say, hey, like I'd love to come take pictures for free because I, I was just trying to build some experience in some portfolio. Um, so yeah, it was the beginning of 2020. I was like, I'm, I'm really gonna focus on this. And then as we all know, in March of 2020, that really shut everything down. There were no events. I was stuck in my house. I wound up losing my full-time job. I was working full-time in marketing at the time. And I was just kind of home alone with my camera. So with a whole bunch of time on my hands. So I started watching a ton of photography online classes. I've used LinkedIn Learning, I've used Skillshare, YouTube is a great resource. Just trying to absorb as much as I could about it and practicing on the only subject that I had, which was myself. So doing self portraits and, and trying to, to figure out how to work my camera with these new settings that I was learning, taking photos of myself. I also started posting those photos to social media, which was the first time I'd ever actually posted my own photography to my, my Instagram. I'd had a camera for two years and had been shooting photos for two years and using those photos on Madame X's social media, but I would never tag myself in the pictures. Sometimes I would share them to my account on my story and be like, oh, I took this picture, but I think I, I just didn't, feel comfortable or feel proud of anything that I was, I just didn't think it was good enough yet, you know? But I started sharing these pictures. I was, I was in the middle of the pandemic and I was like, you know what? Why am I hiding? Like, I, I, what do I have to lose? I don't even have a job right now. I'm living with my parents, taking pictures of myself in their backyard. Like, let me share these photos. And the response was kind of overwhelming. People were like, I didn't know you were a photographer. Because all of a sudden now I'm like showing these really nice photos of myself. They're like, I didn't know you were a photographer. I didn't know you knew how to do this. So summer of 2020, when things kind of, I mean, things certainly did not calm down yet, but when it started to feel a little bit more comfortable to see people in person, outside, distanced, started meeting people and doing portraits. Um, and that kind of started to seed more of my reputation online because now I'm taking pictures of people and they're tagging me and saying, hey, like she does photos now and, and their friends would see it. So I started to connect with people. There was and, a word of mouth going on, right? Absolutely, so. which is really the best way to build your photography business is by word of mouth and referrals. And now we're in 2021. I wound up investing in a professional level camera, got rid of my little $400 Nikon, invested in a Sony a7 three and started pitching myself to friends in the industry that were hosting events. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. 
And I think I took my first paid event job at the beginning of 2021. And again, it just kind of compounds on itself. I'm now sharing these photos. Hey, I have this, or I have a gallery that I'm now able to pitch to somebody else and say, Hey, I just did this for this restaurant. I see you're doing an event here. Can I shoot it for you? And it just continued to compound from there. So fast forward to today, um, I have a registered business. Um, this entire time I, I wound up getting my job back during COVID, um, working for that company for a little bit longer. And then I, I wound up switching jobs to another marketing position earlier this year. And uh, three months into my new role, they laid off 80% of the company. Uh, so when I got laid off at the start of the summer, I was like, I cannot picture myself applying for a new job right now. I have this photography business that I've just kind of been doing on the side, you know, shooting maybe one event per month, maybe one portrait session per month. But I was consistently getting booked without doing any marketing and, and also having this full-time job. So I said, imagine if I actually focused on this. And that's what I've been doing now. So I still do a little bit of freelance marketing work, but my true focus is the photography. And it has been absolutely wild, the opportunities that have been open to me now that I can say I'm doing this full time and I have more availability to do it. Um, so yeah, I just kind of started off doing it as like a little social media side gig, got some inkling that this was something more that I wanted to do. Um, and then it just kind of grew and compounded on itself. And when I lost my job, I said, this is, this is it. I was never going to quit my job. You know, everyone's like, when are you going to quit your job and just do photography? I'm like, I'm never giving up my full-time salary and benefits to go take pictures. I'm not going to do that. Uh, you know, I'm not going to make that move, Yeah, but gonna... the company made the move for me. And I was like, whatever, I'm, I'm in it now. I'm a photographer. So. That's perfect. Yeah. You now you're all in. I think sometimes you needed this kind of push either. You needed to push yourself or the world will give you this sign for you. Like, Hey, this is your dream. This is what you were born for. At least, uh, I don't know, like our careers, maybe we're going to last for a long, a uh, long time. So how do you see moving forward now? Like, uh, one year two years five years from now do you still have like a, a team that you want to train them to be also professional photographers or you want to uh, develop a new skills around uh photos not just photos but videos and additional services yeah that's a great question and i think that is what i'm presently sorting through in my own head because you know, I, there's definitely a lot of pressure when you look at content online or even from other photographers that I'm, I'm friends with, you know, like, what are you doing? What is your niche? What's going to be the focus of your business? And I kind of had to take a step back and have this talk with myself truly recently and say, okay, I've really only been in, in this full time for a few months. Like I've been shooting photography for a few years now. I've been getting paid for it for a couple years now. Like the business is not new, but it was always just kind of a side hustle. It's new to me to be taking it seriously full time, which is a, a totally different set of responsibilities, right? So I think where I've settled is that I really love shooting events and I really love shooting portraits, um, more on the corporate business side of things rather than the wedding, professional, or wedding and, and personal or family portraits, which I've done all of that. I've done everything in between, right? Um, but I think I've settled on events and portraits and and I'm continuing to move forward. I'm building the processes in my business that I need to support myself to, to do it full time. You know, listen, at the start of the summer, 
I wasn't even using contracts, you know? Now, I wouldn't even shoot anything without a contract. You know, it's incredible the infrastructure that I've built in such a short time. But to your question of where do I see myself in a year, hopefully still doing photography. I, I hope there's no uh, career change within the next year. Hopefully still doing photography. Uh, but I hope to be doing it at a, a higher level, a higher scale, um, with a alignment to projects that are interesting and, and fun to me. Okay, good. Um, and photography is used a lot in the advertising industry to convey a sense of glamour and envy in order to sell us things. Uh, it's it's part of the the job, right? To how you how you gonna make people and convince people to buy that or to work with that to to make their life attend to to that business, right? So. Uh, it sounds a lot of fun in one side, but you probably face a lot of problems. I remember my wedding, the, the photographer, he wasn't doing like all the shit. <laughs> and uh, at the end, he was like uh, wasted, you know, he's so tired. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so how? what are the things like behind the scenes that people don't see? They look, it's just fun. But Yeah, that's a good question. I do get that a lot because when I tell people that I shoot events, uh, I natural reaction is like, oh, that must be so fun. You must get to go to a lot of cool places and meet a bunch of cool people, which is absolutely true. Um, I get to eat a lot of really good food as well. Uh, when you have time, right? When you have time. Yes, like a, yes. Um, do you put in the contract? Like I right? sure do. I sure do have a photographer's meal in my contract. Um, if, if it's an event where there's going to be food. Um, but yeah, I, I do get to experience a lot of really interesting cool events and especially when I'm shooting something well, it's a conference or there's speakers getting to learn and, and just be interested in, in different talks that I would have never attended on my own um, but actually attending the event and shooting the event is one very tiny portion of the job there's a lot of prep work that goes into it before and then a lot of stuff afterwards right so especially when you're working corporate gigs, there's typically a lot of contract negotiation that goes back and forth, um, you know, just to make sure that everybody is on the same page as to what kind of service I'm delivering. And every event is different. Every company is different in what they need or they require. So I will send my typical contract for what I do, but there's almost always stuff that comes back that can you add that? Or, Hey, we, we don't actually need you for three hours. It's two hours, or this is not the right address. There's it's, it's very rare that I just send a contract and I get a notification that it's been signed. You know, there's always some kind of tailoring to each specific situation, which can maybe just be one or two emails back and forth um, or it can be weeks you know I, I just did a, a really big event for a law firm that of course had a ton of red lines on my contract because they're lawyers so it took almost one month from the time that they reached out to me and when they reached out to me I had a contract and proposal to them within 24 hours but it took almost a month from the time they reached out to the time they signed the contract because the document was just in endless legal review with them, right? So a lot of communication back and forth with clients beforehand. I'll shoot the event and then I come out of it and I have to process and deliver all of those photos. So I think what a lot of people don't understand is that the photo that comes straight out of the camera is not the one that I deliver to you. There's typically color correction, light correction, I'm cropping, uh, do a little bit of light retouching. Like if your keynote speaker at your event has a giant pimple on his forehead, 
I'm going to remove that from every single photo. I'm not gonna send you pictures of your superstar at your event with a huge blemish on his face, right? I don't ever alter people's you know, appearances or make people look skinnier or, or different than how they look, but a little bit of light skin retouching, not always at events, but if it's something like that, your important person has something that needs to be fixed, I, I will absolutely do that, right? So there's retouching that goes on. Um, and then it's also making selections. I'll come out of events sometimes with thousands of photo files and I may be only delivering two or 300 back. So I'm looking at every single one, making my selections, making corrections, packaging it up, delivering it back to the client. So once I leave the event, my job is not over. In fact, it is just beginning. Um, and I think that's people don't understand or, or they're just not present to the amount of work that goes into preparing after or before and after an event for the client. Um, they just kind of think it's like, oh, it's cool. You get to like go to cool events and like eat a steak and then go home. And I'm like, no, when I go home that I'm coming back with now more hours and hours worth of work to get this done for the client. That makes sense, yeah. Uh, so what's your advice for people, especially event professionals, marketing managers that want to hire a photographer? Uh, what they needed to think about, like just say, hey, come up and shoot some photos for me. What they needed to do for make this preparation better for both sides? Absolutely. So my advice to event planners or marketing managers, anybody who is booking or hiring a photographer for your event, the more that I know about your event, the better I can do my job. I have people that will apologize before they send me their very detailed timelines. Be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. There's this whole big, long detailed time. And I'm like, no, tell me everything. I wanna know what's going on to the minute because the better that I know what's going on, the more I can prepare for it and be present for it to, to happen, you know? Um, for example, uh, I just shot a, a big uh, anniversary party for a company. There was four or 500 people at this event. And I realized upon getting there that the person that hired me, I think really didn't have a lot to do with the actual planning of the event. She was just like, oh yeah, there's just gonna be some past appetizers and there'll be a quick little speech and they're gonna give a gift to the owner of the company and, and that's it. I said, okay. We walk in and and find out that there's a jazz band playing, they had magicians going around, they had appetizers, but also a full dinner being served. They had all kinds of little branding things around the space, like branded chocolate covered Oreos and note cards. Like this is all stuff that I, I'm gonna shoot when I'm there, right? Now, I'm a professional, I, I'm gonna take photos of everything and I don't, whether or not I knew there was gonna be a jazz band there doesn't necessarily impact how I'm going to do my job. I'm gonna do it either way. But just coming in and finding out that there was all of this stuff going on, it was like, all right, wow, okay. I'm gonna now have to manage my time around all of this as opposed to just thinking I'm going there for three hours taking pictures of people talking, right? Um, so the more that I know about your event, over communicate with me, send me timelines. Um, sometimes I, I really have to pull this out of people. They'll just say, oh yeah, you know, it's just gonna be three hours of people hanging out. Like it's never <laughs> no, just three hours exactly of people right. hanging out, you know? So, so who, who was this person that uh, hired you? It was not part of the, the event I think planning? She was part of the overall creative team that was tasked with putting the event together. So I think they tasked her with hiring the photographer, but I don't think she was the one that was also booking the jazz band or ordering any of the branded things. I think they were just like, 
get uh-huh, a photographer. Yeah. And she did. Give, give her a test. <laughs> and I, I had a phone call with her beforehand. I was like, is there anything I should know? Are there any VIP people that I should be taking photos of? That's also an important one. You know, if you're having this big company celebration, who who's the CEO? Who are the owners here? Who do you want to make sure is highlighted, right? In a room of 500 people, that's kind of hard to, to pick out. She told me she was going to send me some faces of people and wound up not doing that. So I, I didn't know who those main players were until they had a little uh, gift giving ceremony halfway through. But then I knew I'm like, all right, let me follow these guys. These yeah. are the, the owners of this company, you know? So any information that you can send about your timeline, the people involved, what's important, that's that's going to make me do my job better and you will get a better result and better product, more informed that I am going into it. Do you have a list of requirements that you send to them sometimes? Like, uh, oh, please uh, tell me at least those things and give me back on this document, on this yeah. RFP process. You know, I do, I do. A reverse RFP. Right, so I, I do do that. So just as I described earlier with lifestyle portrait sessions that I have a strategy call to learn a little bit more about the business, that's a little bit more involved uh, just because it's it's a little bit more personalized. But I also do ask to have a, a phone call with every single event client that I have as well. Sometimes it's a little bit more involved. For example, if I'm, I'm shooting a wedding, I'm not, I'm not primarily a wedding photographer, but I will do it for friends that I have that are getting married. Um, Sometimes I'm having multiple calls with my brides to go over their timelines because a wedding event is such a long day and there are so many different components of it, right? Um, but I'm always making sure that I grab somebody on the phone call to at least talk through their timeline. I think what I'm learning as I continue to build my business is that people have different involvement in the event planning process or they they maybe they don't think of a particular detail of their event is important for me to know. And then I get there and I'm like, oh yeah, this is something that I should have known beforehand. So I'm also learning to ask more detailed questions and to, to really dig in, especially when I don't think I'm getting the information that I, I need. But yeah, I'm always getting every client on the phone to talk through what they need and the kind of shots that they they're asking for. And uh, you mentioned some of the customer mistakes. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit of of your own mistakes? I don't know, maybe you forget a a backup battery at home or any component that you need at the time of shooting anything in particular that, uh, and also how that mistake uh, bring you so much uh, learning and knowledge after that? Sure, that's a good question. I will say, knock on wood, I have never forgotten a battery. Um, and now I, I'm always bringing multiple batteries to events. That's that's kind of what sets apart a professional photographer from just someone who's like doing it is that I'm showing up with multiple backups of all of my gear because you don't ever want your photographer to come up to you halfway through an event and say, oh, my battery died. I can't like, no, you're that's that can never be an excuse once you get to this level, right? But what I will say in terms of a mistake that I can say that I've made in my business is just not implementing contracts sooner. Um, I'm very grateful to say that I've not ever had an issue come up from a gig that I've shot without a contract because I've shot tons of gigs without contracts. Um, However, what I find is that a contract is, while it protects you from certain situations or, or, or liabilities, 
What it is is a centralized place in writing to have all of the expectations around what I'm doing for you, right? So I would find before I had contracts, always get a lot of the same questions like, oh, how long is it going to take for you to get the pictures back to me? Or how much is the deposit? Or when should I send you the deposit? Or, you know, are you going to be able to Photoshop this thing for us? Right. I felt like I was wasting a lot of time going back and forth with people over these simple, frequently asked questions because I didn't have a document to refer to. Right. So once I've implemented contracts and now, as I said before, I won't shoot anything without a contract now, whether it's a portrait or an event, no matter how small it is, there's always going to be a contract for me that that amount of questions has decreased a lot, you know, because people read the contract before they sign it. So they know, OK, th this is when the deposits are due or OK, this is she's going to turn around the photos in a week to us. You know, th those questions are answered. Um, and I also think it's important to have it because I'd rather point fingers at a document rather than point fingers at each other should any kind of question arise. Like, for example, and I have had this happen to me, you will have somebody that will ask you for all of the photos. They think that you are hiding good photos from them or you're not delivering good photos, right? They think that, you know, I, I've been there for three hours and I only send you back two or 300 photos. What happened to all the other pictures, right? Um, people will come back and ask you, oh, we want to see all the pictures, right? I have in the contract that I don't do that. You don't get the raw files from your event. I make all the selections. I And I, I will assure people, I'll say, listen, I don't ever hide a good photo for you, right? I, I will deliver you back. Even if my contract says I'm gonna give you 100 photos, if there's 300 good photos that come out of your event, I'm sending them all to you. I would never withhold photos, right? But I'd rather be able to go back and which I have and say, hey, if you take a look back at your contract, it says that I do not send the full take of the gallery. Usually there's there's a reason why they're asking, you know, it's like, do you think that, you know, or is there a picture you think you're missing or, you know, was there a scene that you think wasn't captured in here? Right. So I'm learning that it's 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 much easier to have those conversations when there's an objective document to point to. Right. So I think that's that's probably the biggest mistake I would look back on and say is like, I wish I had just started using contracts earlier to minimize the amount of questions and back and forth I had with people and also to just more professionally set expectations. It's, it's really professional to send a contract. And I know this sounds like super common sense, but I will tell you within the last two weeks, three different photographers, like super professional photographers that I know have told me that they don't use contracts. Wow. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like you're opening yourself up to liabilities yeah, yeah. and you're also just not setting yourself up for a good experience with your customers or your, your client should they have a question or an issue afterwards, right? So while it seems like common knowledge to use a contract, not everybody does, but I highly recommend if you yeah, are a don't. photographer. <laughs> yeah, don't jeopardize <laughs> or, your or own. Don't jeopardize your own business. Or business, if yes. you were, if you are hiring a photographer, if you're a you know event planner or working in marketing somewhere, make sure that your photographer has a contract. And if they don't, then you send them one. There has to be some kind of written agreement between two parties as to what you're delivering, what you're doing, and what the expectation is afterwards. Makes sense, yeah, of course. And uh, we were talking before about like uh, how the world today, anyone can be a photographer, right? We have uh, uh, very powerful smartphones in our hands that deliver a great quality of photos. What do you say for like people using cell phones and uh, 
how much they needed to understand this is also an art for 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 professional like you and, and for people that also consume photos as, as an art uh, do you think this is this is some level good for for a professional because you can really stand out from the, the crowd and, and show how unique you can portray photos or how do you see that also moving forward do you think like uh, people you keep maybe giving less value for photos or because it's so common today, I feel sometimes like uh, we, we devalue the, the, this, this art. Sure. And the, a lot of people say that now, like, oh, anybody can be a photographer. And I feel like when I hear that sentiment, it's kind of condescending, you know, like they think that, oh, it is devaluing the art of photography that anybody can do it now. But I think it's really cool that anybody can do it now. You know, that's how I started was just taking photos on my cell phone. When I moved to New York City seven and a half years ago, that was kind of a fun little self-care activity for me was to just walk around these neighborhoods that I'd never been to before and, and take photos and create those memories, right? Um, I think that's what clued me into the idea that, hey, I, I might want to buy a camera. I really like doing this on my cell phone. I think I want to get a camera, right? I think it democratizes photography for everybody. I think photography is something that anybody can enjoy, whether you're good at it or not. But in terms of doing it at a professional level, or if you are hiring a photographer or considering whether or not you need a photographer for something, it's like, what is your expected outcome? What do you want or need from these photos? Like, for example, I was hired to shoot a, a full day speakers conference last month. Um, it was all of these C-suite high powered women working for Fortune 500 companies. And the event planner that I was working with that was uh, hired by the company that was hosting this event, right? Um, we had a conversation and he wasn't sure if they wanted a photographer for the whole day or for a half day of the conference. And he said, you know, there's there's just a few panels in the morning. I can probably just get some shots on my cell phone of those and we can have you come later on in the day. Cool, that's fine. Um, but they did wind up hiring me for the full day, which was great. And I got there and some of these panels in the morning were women in the C-suite at very household company names, you know? Um, and I'm like, you were just gonna take pictures on your cell phone with oh, this? God. like." you know they need these photos to they're going to use them in their marketing materials they're going to show off on their social media hey we we brought together this incredible panel of these women and and this is what we do you know to show off like th this is our community this is our network right could they do that with a cell phone photo sure right but the the level of images I was able to give them, you know, like a whole shot of the panel, close-ups of people speaking, you know, really professional high-grade images of that. You know, they can take that image and put a quote from that person on it, and now it's a social media graphic. It's something that can go further than just their own channels, right? Um, you're not going to do that with a cell phone photo. So I think a lot of people think, oh, well, yeah, I got a camera on my phone. I can just snap a couple pictures. What also winds up happening at events is if you are not specifically there to take pictures if you're just like a staff member and you're like oh, i've got a couple pictures on my cell phone other more pressing tasks at the event will take over yep. your attention and you're not going to be able to take pictures right so if you want to make sure you're documenting it you're memorializing it you have content for social media or marketing afterwards cell phone photo isn't going to cut it it's you definitely need to have someone designated to shoot those photos
That's perfect. Yeah. So as um, Kate Ryan said, she's a director of photography of the New York Times magazine. And she said, photographers are the universal language of our era. Now, everyone has hundreds, maybe thousands. I have, yeah, I have, I think 30,000 photos on my, my phone. Uh, weightless, they turn the scale when the argument is what happened here. Images don't age or warp. warp. Uh, great photographers, strings never go out to. So yes, I think uh, that's right. And I remember my when I was a child, my mother saying all the time, "Let's take photos, let's take photos," and I hate that. But now, when you look back, it's so good to have those memories. It's really important. So uh, and now that you also have your photos on New York uh, Times, uh, uh, the newspaper. So, w what is your last uh, thoughts that you want to share here today? And how do you think we needed to invest on, on photography? What we needed to do to make this uh, something really professional, not just like a, get my phone and take photos? Sure. So I think what I would say is that if photography is interesting to you, uh, you don't need to have a professional level camera to be doing it, right? I think, again, anybody can take a picture. We have awesome cell phone cameras in our pockets. I don't think having a camera should, or not having a camera should prevent you from exploring it because, or I'll have a lot of people that will say, oh, I really want to do it, you know, but I have, you know, just a you know, like a, a crappy old can, like, I don't really know how to use it. I'm like, just start taking it out and using it. You know, I tell everybody, and I've, I've said it on this podcast too. I started off with a $400 Nikon when I was looking online for what I wanted to buy. Now, listen, there's a billion different cameras that you can get, right? It's like, you know what? I don't want to invest a lot of money yet. I just want to get the thing in my hands and start working with it. And if I'm going to upgrade, if I, if I want to upgrade, I can do that in the future, right? Um, just just start taking pictures if it's something that's interesting to you and you never know where it'll go there are sometimes i walk into rooms now and i'm like i would have never been here had it not been for the fact that i have a camera in my bag right now right i've been able to uh you know access incredible venues see incredible speakers be able to capture portraits of super interesting people that i would have never been connected to otherwise had it not been for my photography business right so i'm super grateful for it i'm i'm super grateful to be able to say that i'm doing it full time now um and just really excited to see where it takes me next amazing thank you uh that was such a pleasure to having you here today sam and I uh, hope we can see around in some events, uh, you shooting and companies using an event platform. Uh, so yeah, thank you for all your knowledge sharing here today. And I hope we can connect soon again. Cool, thank you for having me. And if you wanna follow me on social media, follow this journey. My Instagram is Sam Pop Shoots. It's S-A-M-P-O-P-P -P -P Shoots on Instagram. I'll see you there. Thank you so much. And I hope to see you in the next In Event Talks episode. Take care. Thank you for listening to In Event Talks, a podcast by Eventland. If you're interested in joining our global community for event profs, use hashtag Eventland to find us on social media. Until next time, have a lovely day.